The Productive Woman, Episode 384. Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan, and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you for joining me and welcome. This week, we're going to talk about maintaining mental and emotional equilibrium during stressful times. You'll find links and additional information in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 384. This episode is brought to you by Calm, You know, if you're like me, trying something new can be intimidating. Meditation may be something you've been hearing about, especially if you've listened to this podcast, but maybe you have yet to try it for yourself. Well, Calm can help you feel more at ease from the moment you start. Just find somewhere that's comfortable and familiar to you, like your couch or your bed, and tune into Calm. I am truly happy to be partnering with Calm, the number one mental wellness app, to give you the tools to improve the way you feel. You can reduce stress and anxiety through guided meditations, improve focus with curated music tracks, and rest and recharge with Calm's imaginative sleep stories for children and adults. There are even new daily movement sessions designed to relax your body and uplift your mind. And we're going to talk about that actually a little later in this episode. And if you go to calm.com slash TPW, you can take advantage of a special offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription with new content that's added every week. Over 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds And I am one of them. Uh, Calm is ready to help you stress less, sleep more, and live a happier, healthier life. It really is an app that I use almost every day in one way or another, either one of the just guided meditations or, as I've said before, I really like their sleep stories. They help me get to sleep. I have a tendency, and we're going to get into that later in this episode, Uh, to, you know, my mind just goes a hundred miles an hour, even when I lie down to go to sleep and calm really helps me with these really well done sleep stories. Some of them narrated by people you will recognize Matthew McConaughey for one, uh, and, and various others. And they are just what I need to help me fall asleep. So I really recommend it. uh, And I've used it since before they became a sponsor. So as I said, for listeners of the show, Calm is offering an exclusive offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription. That's the one I use and I pay for it myself. Uh, And you can learn more by going to calm.com slash TPW. That's C-A-L-M dot com slash tpw for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com slash tpw. Okay, so let's get into this week's topic. I don't have to tell you that we live in interesting and, uh, you know, at times very stressful times. There's there's the long global pandemic that we have been dealing with and all the social, economic, and emotional 
effects of it. There is political and social hostility that raises blood pressure every time you get on social media. And as I'm recording this episode, there is armed conflict in Eastern Europe. So many things happening that have the potential to cause anxiety, fear, and just various forms of unease that can haunt us throughout the day. Much of these feelings are a response to a sense that we've that we've lost control, that we're at the mercy of forces and threats beyond our control. And for me, at least, and I'm guessing maybe for you as well, it's an unnerving and disturbing feeling. I have certainly experienced all of this myself. I am a worrier. I, I naturally tend to look for worst case scenarios, which leads, in my case, to struggles with anxiety and fear. I have a son in the military, and when announcements came this past week of what's going on in Eastern Europe, my first thought was, does my son have to go there? You know, so, you know, I could really let that throw me for a loop as I worry and, and stew about things that I have no control over whatsoever. Lately, I have been thinking about the seemingly constant threats to our safety, our security, our health even our survival and our emotional response to them and how that can affect our ability to accomplish the things we want to accomplish, to be productive. As one article I read notes, anxiety harms our ability to be in control, making us feel paralyzed. Anxiety clouds our judgment. It's a disorienting experience when facing a threat we can't understand. And I'll have a link in the show notes to the article that that quote came from, as well as some other resources that might be helpful if this is something that you're dealing with. Another article says anxiety makes us feel less focused, more irritable, less engaged, among other things. And quotes Hannah Stensby, a marriage and family therapist, is saying, as you fret over something you can't control, you lose the ability to concentrate on the task at hand engage your creativity, or formulate new ideas. The bottom line is that when we're stressed, anxious, or fearful, we are, in essence, in survival mode. And in that mode, it is hard to be productive in any sense, either in the sense of getting the things done we need to do or of making a life that matter. We are just tied up, our brains are tied up with dealing with the crisis at hand. And so, as I've been observing and experiencing this, the question in my mind has been, what can I do about it? I don't want to live in a state of stress and anxiety, distracted and unfocused and unable to accomplish the things that I care about. And I'm guessing you don't either. But I've also thought about the teaching I've heard in the past that if we focus on what we don't want, we'll just get more of it. In fact, just this last week, as I was driving home from Florida, I was listening to Ryan Holiday's book, Stillness is the Key. And as a side note, let me mention, I really recommend this book. I'll put a link to it in the show notes because it, there's a lot of great food for thought there. But in an early chapter of that book, he talks about that very concept of how when we focus on what we don't want, we just get more of it. And that has been my experience. The more I think about not wanting to be anxious, the more anxious I feel. So what's the alternative? 
Well, instead of thinking about what I don't want to feel, I ask myself, what do I want to feel? How do I want to be in the world? How do I want to uh, be as I, you know, face and learn about and experience all these various crises and, and, you know, sort of existential threats. And the word that came to my mind was serene. Now this, I will have to confess, is not a word people would necessarily associate me with. As I said, I'm a worrier. I I see where things can go wrong, and I'm always looking down the road to what the consequences are going to be of these things. And so, I, I don't I I don't tend to be serene, but I have been investigating the concept of serenity, what it is, what it means, and how I can develop and sustain it so that I can be productive in all the senses that I want to be. And I thought I would share with you some of what I've learned. So first of all, what is serenity? It's not a word we talk about a lot. It doesn't come up in, you know, productivity conversations or just in everyday life. Serenity is defined as a state of being calm, peaceful, and untroubled. Uh, And I love that definition. And that is where I want to be. That is the state I want to be in. Now, serenity is not pie in the sky, pretending bad things don't exist, but it's the skill of not letting those things throw you off balance. It's the skill of being able, even in the midst of the storm, to remain calm and thoughtful and not reactive. So that's what, when I'm talking about serenity, that's what I'm talking about. The state of being calm, peaceful, and untroubled. I love that word. And how does serenity help productivity? Because this is a podcast about productivity, right? Well, when we are calm and serene, we are less distracted, less reactive, and therefore better able to focus, to stay in the moment instead of our mind racing off to, you know, all the things that might happen or have happened. We're able to stay in the moment to work effectively at the things we need and want to do and be present wherever we are. And when we are calm and serene, we are happier. And as we've discussed many times before, there are plenty of studies out there that show happy people are more productive. One article I read um, called Getting to Serenity, 10 Daily Habits for Inner Peace. And again, that will be linked in the show notes in case you want to do a little reading of your own on this topic. Uh, that That author said, People with serenity are better equipped to enjoy life. Their small problems remain small and don't become magnified into huge catastrophes. And when real crises arise, they react with steady, clear thinking. And that is so much who I want to be in the world. So if that's what we want, and we're going to focus on what we want instead of what we don't want, right? How do we get and maintain serenity? Well, first of all, it is not dependent on our circumstances. There are people who are peaceful and serene in the middle of a big, noisy subway or, you know, some other crazy place. And as one article I read noted, it's possible to have a panic attack in a quiet spa on the massage table. So it's not our circumstances that create serenity. It comes from within. It is a matter 
of managing our minds, of managing our responses to what happens to and around us. Another writer that I was reading as I was preparing for this episode said, there is a way to experience day-to-day happenings with greater inner calm, not by changing our reality, but by changing our perspective on that reality. So serenity comes from within. One article, and I I didn't uh, write this in my notes, but I remember reading where someone was talking about how we have a huge reservoir of calm and serenity within us. And the idea here is to learn to tap into that and not to let um, things happening around us or even things happening to us throw us off that. Now, that's not to say it's easy. It takes practice. It takes persistence. And especially for if you're like me, it just takes a lot of both practice and persistence. Uh, and intentionality, being aware of when we are leaving the path of serenity and bringing ourselves back to it. So after doing a bunch of research, doing a lot of reading about this, looking for things that I can do to achieve and maintain serenity, no matter what's going on around me, I've noticed many of the same recommendations coming from a variety of sources that I consulted. And so I thought I'd share some of those with you. So first of all, one of the very first things that several different writers talked about that helps us to develop serenity is to develop for ourselves calming morning and evening routines. Our minds like routine. We, they like predictability. And so developing certain routines that can get us in the habit of um, being calm. So for instance, in the morning, various recommendations that I read, and we've talked about a lot of these before, but I've never really thought about them in this context of of trying to develop serenity for myself. Uh, So they talk about practicing gratitude, even before you get out of bed. One writer was talking about before before you lift your head off the pillow, Think of two or three things that you are thankful for. Just lie there and and remind yourself. Uh, Several people talked about getting up early enough not to be rushed in the morning. When we are rushed, our bodies kind of get in that fight or flight mode, even if we're not thinking about it in those terms. And so allowing enough time in the morning to not be rushed and to give ourselves some time, even if it's just a few minutes in the morning for something calm and peaceful and restorative. So, you know, have a cup of coffee on the porch if the weather permits. Read a page or two from an inspiring book, prayer or meditation in the morning. All of these things, if we can even just take three or four minutes to do one of these things can help. Another thing that uh, I've been thinking about that I used to do, and, and I've just fallen away from the habit but it came up in several sources that I looked at as I was you know, researching this, and I want to reestablish this as part of my morning routine, and that is the concept of morning pages, as Julia Cameron talks about in her writings. And that's just three pages in a journal or on you know, whatever piece of paper written by hand, uh, whatever's on your mind, and just writing without stopping, without censoring yourself. What that does 
is it gets that stuff, whatever's roiling around in our minds uh, that maybe is causing some low-level background anxiety, get it out of our minds onto a piece of paper, um, sort of emptying the whatever those stresses and worries are out of our head, and it, it lets us go into our day in a calmer state. So those are a few things that we can do in the morning. And I get it. If if you've got young children who, no matter what time you decide to get up in the morning, they wake up, you know, 10 minutes before that, and there's not a lot of peace in in the household in the morning. What I would say is we can take control of that. We can find ways to reestablish um, control over our morning routine. And I'm not talking about a two-hour process, but just a few minutes to breathe, to relax, to get our minds ready for the day. Similarly, a lot of the, the experts that I looked at talk about having a calming evening routine to wind yourself down before you go to sleep and hopefully to help you sleep better. So again, they talk about gratitude, taking a moment to think about and maybe even write down uh, two or three things that you're grateful for that happened during the day. There is always something to be grateful for, even in the crappiest day. I truly believe that. And if we can train our minds to think about that, we're going to be in a better shape to, to fall asleep our minds are going to be in a better place and a more serene place. Um, also in the evening, they talk about, or the various experts that I consulted, talk about having a wind down time in the evening before you go to bed, turning off screens, maybe take a warm bath, read a book with a cup of coffee, not coffee, uh, with a cup of tea or hot chocolate maybe, uh, but just something, develop this ritual to allow yourself to wind down from whatever happened on the day. Maybe you want to journal at this point too, and maybe, you know, process some of the things that happened uh, and your thoughts about them. But it's about calming yourself, taking a breath. Meditation is a great thing to do either in the morning or the evening or or maybe both. And it's funny because as I was putting this episode together, uh, the outline for it, I d- hadn't yet looked to see who the sponsor was for this episode. And so it's just kind of serendipitous that the the sponsor actually happens to be calm and not to do another ad spot, but it is a great source if meditation or quieting your mind, you know, I'm not talking about woo-woo religious or spiritual kind of uh, meditation, but simply the process of quieting your your body, quieting your mind, focusing on your breath for you know five minutes or whatever. Even one minute can make a difference. And and calm. And there are other apps as well, but I I happen to like and use Calm these days. Can help you develop that habit and really can make a difference. And I would say that on the days that are most stressful, most full, most anxiety-ridden when you feel like you don't have time to do these things, that's when it's most important to make the time, even if it's just 60 seconds of quieting yourself down. So, you know, developing those calming morning and evening routines can make a huge difference in our ability to establish and maintain serenity 
regardless of what's going on in our lives. In addition, making time for quiet each day. We live in a noisy, noisy world where silence is pretty hard to come by. And so I think in order to maintain some level of calm and serenity, we have to purposely and intentionally look for, create pockets of quiet throughout our day. You know, maybe as part of our lunch routine at work, whether we're working from home or in an office or somewhere else, go somewhere where we can be quiet. Instead of checking our phones or or, you know, talking, having lunch with everybody else. I mean, you can do that, but then walk away, go somewhere for just five minutes of quiet. Look for that, create those times. Nobody's going to do that for us. We need to do it for ourselves. So those are some of the things um, that I've read in the, in the context of, of developing those calming morning and evening routines. And I, I'm going to be doing these things. I encourage you to look at that as well. Another thing we can do to nurture serenity is to develop rituals to help us regain our peace when we feel it slipping. Things happen, and as I've said, I tend to be a worrier. I tend to react when bad news comes in or when something happens unexpected. And so we can develop on purpose rituals to help us calm our minds back down, to get back on the the peaceful road, so to speak when we realize we're heading off in the wrong direction. The first step here, of course, is to teach yourself to notice when your mind is going off the rails and how to bring it back to equilibrium, how to calm your, slow your breathing down, all these things. And so some of the things we can do, first of all, when we recognize we're doing that, uh, we can take a moment, stop whatever, whatever craziness we're falling into, stop ourselves. We can do that and take a moment and breathe. When we're stressed, when we're anxious, we tend to breathe faster and more shallowly. And this physiologically contributes to a cycle of stress and and tension and all that sort of thing. I've seen a lot of recommendations in the reading, and I've, I've read this before, but in the reading specifically that I did for this episode, um, for a type of breathing that can help with this process. Uh, One article, for example, described practicing, and I'm quoting here, practicing the four, seven, eight breath, which is based on a time-tested yoga technique because you can do it anywhere at any time. And the article goes on and describes it like this. You close your mouth and inhale through your nose as you count to four. Hold on to that breath as you count to seven and then exhale through your mouth for the count of eight. The long exhale, this article says, helps stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system, which is basically initiating a relaxation response in your body. And the expert um, that this article was quoting, uh, a woman named Ashley Davis Bush, who's a psychotherapist and author of The Little Book of Inner Peace, Simple Practices for Less Angst and More Calm. I haven't read this book, but I intend to get a hold of it and read it. Um, She says, make sure when you're doing this four, seven, eight breath technique to breathe really low, to fill your belly with air when you breathe in through your nose to the count of four. So check that out. 
um, consider that when you catch yourself kind of, as I said, going off the rails a little bit. In addition to breathing, um, do physical relaxation exercises. Recognize where your body registers stress. For for instance, for me, when I am really stressed out, say I'm under the gun uh, on a work project for a client, I've got too much to do and not enough time to get it done, and I'm starting to get stressed out and anxious as I'm sitting at my desk typing away, and I'll re- realize my shoulders are clear up to my ears practically, and I and I have to bring them back down to normal and take a breath. So what it, wherever you register stress in your body, learn what that is and practice intentionally relaxing that part of your body. One of the th- rituals that I do is something I learned from back uh, when I was younger. I used to teach childbirth classes and we taught uh, an exercise to help laboring women relax uh, and not fight against what was going on uh, during labor. Um, and that was just a, a an intentional relaxation exercise where you're lying down, or and you can do this anywhere, sitting, standing, whatever, but you start with your toes, you tighten them up and hold them tight for just two or three seconds, and then intentionally relax that part of your body. And then just move your way up your body as you reach, you know, each part of your body, your your calves, your knees, your thighs, your belly, whatever, tighten it up, hold it tight for two or three seconds, and then relax it. And it really can help you um, combat the the physical tension that happens as we get anxious, and that helps to help regain your peace and your equilibrium physically and mentally and emotionally. And then the other part of that ritual is just some self-talk. Learn to speak to yourself, uh, to say what, whatever helps you. Maybe it's just, you're going to be okay, or you've got this, or you're safe. Whatever you need to hear in that moment when you've realized your peace is slipping, your, your serenity is gone, and you want to bring yourself back to that sense of serenity and equilibrium. So develop those rituals, but it starts with recognizing, uh, teaching yourself to recognize when your, your serenity is slipping, I guess, when you've gotten away from it, and then develop these rituals and, and techniques to bring yourself back. The third recommendation that I read in several different sources uh, is to practice acceptance, is the way they worded it. That is to acknowledge that there are things outside your control and that fighting against them won't change them. Um, One writer said, a key point in reaching this place of serenity lies in our ability to accept what is and what has been. External triggers are outside of our control. This world is blemished by imperfections, negative energy, and craziness. We cannot control what goes on around us only what is happening within ourselves. And this is another great uh, article, very short one called Three Ways to Attain Serenity, which I will link in the show notes. So the concept here is you can always control your reactions to events and we can practice doing so intentionally. So practicing acceptance is just being okay with the fact that we can't control what's going on outside us. 
things happen in the world that we have no control over. And the the anxiety comes from resisting the fact that we have no control over them. And a you know, sort of a crazy desire to I've, I've got to fix this. Why, this can't be. Well, it is. You know, I, I I think of what I've seen, the little bit I've seen on the news. You know, as you find yourself watching what's going on with this armed conflict, that I hope will be over by the time you hear this this episode. But right now, it's it's happening, and you're watching and thinking, this can't be. This is wrong. It shouldn't be happening. Well. And, and you can get yourself worked up into a state that is like the opposite of serenity by having those thoughts. Practicing acceptance is saying, it's not saying it's okay, but it's saying, well, it exists. And so how am I going to react to it? Am I going to let it throw off my equilibrium, th- make me crazy, get me anxious and fearful? Or am I going to take a step back, take a breath, relax my body, and intentionally control my reaction to it. Uh, If there's action I can take, I need to do it from a place of thoughtfulness and intentionality and serenity rather than frantically running around trying um, trying to control things that simply are outside my control. So practicing acceptance is a key part of uh, establishing serenity in your own life and mind. And I got to admit, this one's hard for me. I I don't do well with acceptance. So this is something I'm going to have to be working on. I want to fight against things that I think shouldn't be happening, whether it's to me or to somebody else, and be able to say, well, this is what it is. How am I going to react to it? How am I going to uh, respond in this situation. So practicing acceptance is a key component of establishing serenity. Uh, the fourth one is to take care of your body, get enough sleep. This was something that several of the articles that I read talked about. Uh, caring for your physical well-being is is an important part of supporting a serene mental state. If you're exhausted, it's hard to control your thoughts and your emotions. So get enough sleep where you can. Move your body, even if it's just a little bit each day, whether it's stretch, walking, going for a bike ride, whatever you enjoy, um, yoga or you know a, a spin class, whatever it is, um, movement of our bodies helps release the stress that can counteract our serenity. So getting some movement in every day and getting outside if you can, because there's something great about getting out close to nature that helps calm our minds and and help us helps us think more clearly. So taking care of your body is an important thing and that's something I'll be thinking about. Create an environment. This is number five, create an environment that fosters serenity. And Pretty much every source that I looked at in in this concept of how do you how do you create a, a serene life for yourself and a serene mindset, pretty much every one of them started with saying you know think about your environment and and create an environment that fosters serenity. And they all talked about getting rid of clutter, uh, 
and, you know, having our space tidy and organized. Uh, they all talked about setting boundaries around technology use and social media. Several of them said, and, and I'm trying to remember where else, it might have been in Ryan Holiday's book he was talking about, turn off your social media, turn off your phone between 8 p.m. And, and 8 a.m. or some period of time, whatever the boundaries are that make sense for you, uh, stay off the technology, manage the noise. Um, as I talked about earlier, we need at least pockets of quiet around us and we're, we don't find that easily. So it's something we can create in our life, having quiet times when there's just less noise to distract and, and get you riled up. Um, use music for that purpose. Music can be very powerful in terms of affecting us emotionally. So be strategic about what kind of music you play and when you play it. Um, just as upbeat music can energize us, which is great for when we need to be active, like when we're working out or cleaning house or you know, working out in the yard or those sorts of things, playing upbeat music that gets us energized is a great thing. But we also perhaps need another type of playlist to bring the energy level down a little bit. Soothing instrumental classical music, for example, or think about the type of music that you, if you've been to a spa, the kind of music they play there that's very soothing and um, calming. I think Think of the lullaby recordings I used to play for our, our kids at nap time and bedtime. It was very soothing, calming, and helped him relax and go to sleep. And it became a ritual. I, I turned that mute. That's the same recording of, of lullaby songs on every single time we put him down to bed. And that became part of the, the, the ritual and the trigger for him that it was time to go to sleep. We can do the same things as adults. And uh, another suggestion for creating a serene environment or a, an environment that helps encourage us to be serene is to post in various places quotes that help you focus your mind on what you want and whatever that might be for you, whether it's um, scriptures from the, the the texts that are important to you or something you've seen in a book or online or something that helps kind of helps you focus on what you do want in your life um, and uh, helps encourage you to manage your thinking. Post quotes around there to remind you periodically. And the final thing that I saw in a lot of these um, articles and the same thing in this um, uh, Ryan Holiday book that I mentioned that I was listening to while I was driving on stillness um, is to purposefully curate the inputs in your life. And we've talked about we've talked about that as well recently, about being intentional and thoughtful about what we allow into our minds. So for instance, avoid books or TV shows or social media or people that stir up in you anxiety, fear, confusion, or negativity. And instead seek out inputs that foster peace whatever that is for you. Maybe it's books that lift you up and you read a chapter a day. Maybe it's podcasts or other materials that help strengthen your ability to manage your mind and that, that calm you. 
uh, for me, that some of the episodes of Brooke Castillo's The Life Coach School podcast, when I find myself kind of in a a dither, listening to uh, episodes of her podcast about the process of managing your own thinking can really help get me back on track. And nurture relationships with people who lift you up. We can't always avoid everyone who, um, you know, who makes us angry or who makes us anxious or um, causes us to steer towards negativity. Those people are around. We just don't want to be one of those people. And we want to minimize our interactions with those kind of people and nurture the relationships with the people who encourage us to be the better versions of ourselves and to be more serene. So those are some suggestions of that I have gleaned from the reading that I've done to, to develop calming morning and evening routines, to develop rituals to regain peace when I feel it slipping, to uh, practice acceptance, to take care of my body, to create an environment that fosters serenity, and to purposefully curate the inputs in my life. Um, For some of us, serenity is a skill we have to intentionally work to attain. It might not come naturally, but because of the benefits to both our productivity and our general quality of life, I think it's worth the investment of time and energy to learn these skills, to develop these routines, and to learn how to create and maintain serenity no matter what's going on in our life. I would love to know what you think about this. Does serenity come naturally to you or are you more like me, prone to turn anxious and reactive in stressful or crisis times? What suggestions do you have for how we can all Uh, foster this serenity in our lives and therefore be happier and more productive. I'd love to hear from you on this. You can share your questions or your thoughts on this topic in the comments section of the show notes for this episode, uh, which are at theproductivewoman.com slash 384. That is also where you will find links to several articles that I read in case you want to do some more reading and investigation of this topic yourself. You can also post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page, or if you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, I'd love it if we can continue this conversation there. As always, if you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, you can do that by emailing your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, and I'd love to hear from you. I want to say a special thank you to Annie Tags from the United States who recently left a a very kind five-star review of the Productive Woman podcast in uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, She said, I am a productivity slash intentional living podcast junkie, and Laura is one of my favorites. Her voice is calming and soothing, but at the same time is very motivating. Her episodes are well thought out and packed with helpful suggestions action steps, and most importantly, examples of concepts in action. I don't know how this woman manages to pull off a high quality show like this and at the same time run a law practice and spend quality time with her family, but she does it all and I am all ears. 
Well, thank you, Annie Tags. I really appreciate those kind words. I, I have to, in the interest of full disclosure, I don't always do it all very well, but I'm trying, uh, just like you are, I'm sure. And so thank you for the, those kind words. Um, before we go, remember Calm is offering that exclusive offer of 40% off their premium subscription. Just go to calm.com slash TPW for 40% off unlimited access uh, to their entire library that's growing regularly. And uh, thank you so much to Calm for supporting the Productive Woman podcast. And that, my friends, is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I hope you found it helpful. I look forward to talking with you again soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. Matter.